Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're looking at Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Uh, it's just an amazing story that has so many levels of understanding, <laughs> so many truths for us to see. And particularly for this time that we're in right now, we're in March 2020 at the time of this recording, uh, with, with the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what's going to be happening on the backside of this. I think there can be some really, really good things that occur, particularly the body of Christ. And as I've said several times, I want to say over and over, I really think that the body of Christ is being kicked out of their nest. Now, I was meeting with some good friends the other day, and several of them were saying, well, you know, our church has been closed. Our church has been closed. And I said, no, your church has not been closed. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. You've been kicked out of your nest. Okay? You've been kicked out of your cute little buildings. You've been kicked out of your uh, wonderful structure that you think you've implemented to um, impart the kingdom of God. When the reality is this, folks, most of what we do has really no impact upon the kingdom of God. If anything, it truly inoculates people from the true kingdom of God and the work of the kingdom and the transforming life that comes in the kingdom. And so these things are literally being brought down. And I would not be surprised if it uh, was done intentionally by the hand of the Lord. Okay, Uh, to do several things, uh, Okay, to sort of reveal who is really of his, who's really not of his, uh, to reveal uh, those who will press on in the kingdom rather than press on in a religious thing. Uh, So anyway, uh, don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. So Second Chronicles 20 speaks about what we do when we face difficult times. And we've covered the first 12 verses. I'm going to pick up verse 12 again, where it says uh, that. The king, Jehoshaphat, is saying this before all the people, and he's praying to God. He's speaking to the Lord, and he's declaring these things. And verse 12 says, O our God, will you not judge them? And that's the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir that were coming against them. And he says, Why? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So this is the king that is declaring this. And he's declaring it before the people. He's acknowledging it before the people. This is so rare today, whether in political circles or even in church circles, for someone who is in a leadership position to actually say, hey, we're powerless and we don't know what to do, but God, our eyes are upon you. Even when they personally know that they're powerless, even when they personally don't know what they what to do. They're going to act like they know what to do because they've got some title or some letters after their name, right? They're going to act and behave like it rather than walking in humility before the Lord and say, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And then watch what happens next. Verse 13, all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Okay, All the people were standing there. They're standing before the Lord. And this includes the kings. Okay, this is everybody. They're standing before the Lord. And they're waiting. You know, there's times when we have to aggressively wait upon the Lord. We want to declare something to the Lord. It's okay. We don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And our sense and expectation is we need an answer now. Now, the good news is the Lord did give them an answer now. 
But they waited. And you notice this. They didn't have the kids all over the nursery. They didn't have the children all at the children's ministry or the children's moment. They were all together, folks. Verse 14. Then, in the midst of the assembly. Okay, what does that mean? It's out there in the middle of this whole gathering. In the middle of the gathering. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And then the Lord gives us some tremendous detail about Jehaziel in this little son of, son of, son of type of thing. So listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. So how many generations? Jehaziel is one generation, then two Three, four, five generations. Uh, yeah, five generations. Well, really, it goes back to Asaph, too. Six generations. He defines who this guy is. He's a Levite. He's just your average, basic Levite. He's out in the midst of the assembly. He's not on the stage. He's not behind the lectern. He doesn't have the mic. The spotlight's not on him. He's not in charge. He's not one that the people are looking to for an answer the answer comes from the midst of the assembly, folks. And the answer comes because the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. Now, just think about this. When's the last time that you saw an assembly gathered together, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord come upon somebody in the assembly, and then they spoke forth the word? I've been in environments and situations where we did that, where there was a freedom to do that. What you see in a First Corinthians 14, to where if somebody was speaking of something that somebody else has some input into it, that they you know would raise their hand or they would stand up, then they would speak next, back and forth. And the first one would cease speaking in honor and deference to what the next one had to say. Folks, there is a power in that, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, when the body of Christ submits itself to the spirit of the Lord and allows the Lord to speak to one another. We see very little, if any, of that. What we have is our basic structure is not what you see in Scripture. As a matter of fact, I've said it many times before, what we see, uh, even in the way that we uh, have leadership and the way that we uh, uh, do worship services, we have echoes of leftover Catholicism. We have leftover echoes of, of the priest is the one that can absolve you of your sins. You know, there was some debate going on in a certain circle I'm involved with this week uh, about that because they, they go out and they're very, very faithful in um, uh, taking communion to uh, shut-ins, little old people that can't get out anywhere and do anything. And and, and men that do this, uh, you ought to just hear them talk about it. I mean, God just moves in tremendous ways. But they were sitting there debating, well, you know, does the... Uh, uh, you know, this phone number keeps calling me, and I don't know who it is, and they don't leave a message, <laughs> so I don't answer it. Y'all know how that is, because it's always a computer or something, right? But anyway, sorry about that. But the debate was this. Well, you know, does it have to have a pastoral blessing before we go out with it? You know, is, does it have to be a laying on of hands upon these elements for it really, really uh, to be a real thing? <laughs> you know? And I love the conversation. I love I didn't say anything about it. I'm just sitting there listening, you know. But I loved how they were struggling with the reality and beginning to understand, wait a minute, what we see in the scripture is this, but what we do in practice over here is this, and the practice doesn't line up with the scripture. But here's what we see here. 
Verse 14, then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Jehaziel. Then verse 15, I'll read this and we'll talk about it more next time. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabits of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This guy was bold. <laughs> How could he be bold? Because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. It was the Spirit speaking in and through Jehaziel. So the Spirit of the Lord says, hey, Judah, Jerusalem, King, listen. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> you see uh, that statement, that principle throughout Scripture in various places. Here he's telling them, don't you be fearful. Don't be dismayed. You know why? Because the battle is not yours. You're not the one that will fight this battle, but the battle is the Lord. Now, what we're going to see in subsequent verses right here is he's going to tell them point blank what to do. In the next verse he picks up on, he's going to tell them what to do, how to do it. Then they're going to have a decision to make as to whether they're going to do it or not. But the Lord speaks through his spirit, through Jehaziel, tells them what to do. And the first thing he says is do not fear or be dismayed. In relationship to the things that we're facing, folks, right now, and the things we face day in and day out, do not fear. Do not be dismayed. The battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And the Lord has promised that he will protect us, that he will watch over us. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.